0: Let's keep calm and mother on. Mothering is way too important to do alone and way too serious to be serious all the time. My name is Christy Thomas, and I am here shoulder to shoulder with you mothering and enjoying life together. This is the podcast where you can focus on being mindful and taking a deep breath with me and learning new things so you can pause and savor the amazing life you already have. Now let's go. I am excited to host today Denise Gaskin. She has taught or tutored math at every level from preschool up to undergraduate physics. She's the author of the book Let's Play Math, How Families Can Learn Math Together and Enjoy It. She shares her math inspiration tips and activities at denisegaskins.com. Today's guest has taught or tutored mathematics at every level, from preschool to undergraduate physics. She shares math inspirations, tips, activities, and games. And her name is Denise Gaskins. She's the author of Let's Play Math, How Families Can Learn Math Together and Enjoy It. And I think she is the perfect person to talk to as we gear up for summer learning and summer family togetherness time. Now, hear me out. You might not consider math a great way to bond with your kids, but after you listen to today's episode, I hope you think differently. Hi, I am so excited today to welcome Denise Gaskin. She wrote um, an amazing set of books about making math fun for your kids. And I wanted to host her right here at the end of May, so we can talk about math and not being scared of what's happened over the last year and a half with our kids in schooling. I know a lot of people are scared right now of the summer slide and the pandemic slide. Can you say hi, Denise? Hi, Christy. Hi, everybody. (laughs) I am so glad that you're here. So tell us a little bit about you in your own words. I've already done an introduction, but it's always good to hear it from you.
1: Okay. Well, let's see. I'm a a mother of five. We homeschooled all the way through. All of my kids are now grown up, graduated, gone off to college and jobs and careers. Um, I've been working with parents and helping them understand math for almost as long as I've been homeschooling. And, And I just like to share with parents, what real math is all about.
0: That's fantastic. Do you think that this pandemic shutdown can make make it so that parents need to worry about math? We have a mix of homeschoolers and not homeschoolers, but there's been a lot of stress for people about education this last year and a half.
1: There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of stress over math in general, even without all of the extra trouble of the shutdown and trying to figure out how to do school at a distance, or and the teachers are thrown into this, too, and, and everybody's just been feeling their way. Um, I'd like to say to parents that it's, it's not something that you need to worry about. Children are amazingly resilient, and if we can help them to really understand what math is all about, not school math so much because school math sometimes is more stress inducing (laughs) yeah and real math is more freeing and more joyful and just more interesting
0: so what is the difference between school math and real math
1: um school school gives two wrong ideas about math that for a lot of people actually cause some trauma in their childhood um you feel like that you've you've been abused without really knowing why, because this is just the way society understands math. Mm-hmm. And it's not that the teachers want to be abusive, but school as a system rewards people who think fast, rewards children who can snap to an answer quickly. And real math is not about speed. Real math is about thinking deeply. Whether you think fast or whether you think slow doesn't matter. Um, another thing that school math does, school math is, rewards children who follow instructions. The school in general yep. rewards children who follow instructions. Real math is not like that. Real <laughs> math, it, it's about making sense. It's about thinking your way through things uh, it's never about following instructions just because someone else said so.
0: That's those are um, two really big points that I'm sure, as I'm listening to you, I'm having flashbacks of raced you know those five minute multiplication tests to get a hundred problems done, and then being told that because I did the problem, I got the right answer, but I didn't do it the right way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and those are very common in school because well and you teachers have a lot of children to deal with. Yeah. And many especially in elementary, a lot of the people who go into elementary teaching do it so that they can they think they can avoid math. <laughs> yep. So so they're the ones that, that in their childhood they were traumatized by it too. And so it's this cycle. And <laughs> as parents we want to help our children break the cycle.
0: Yeah, and I laugh there just because, I don't know if you know this, Denise, I have a math and science education background. I taught in middle school math and science before homeschooling my own kids. But in university, I tutored the other elementary school teachers in the elementary school math classes because they were mostly meeting, like, mindset issues about math. Like, I knew that they were all smart enough to do the math, but they they had this wall up there that they couldn't do the upper grade math because they just wanted to teach kindergartners.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, and like I said, part of that is because we, the whole system has taught us, Oh, to be good at math, you have to be fixed to be good at math. You have to remember the instructions. You have to do what they say. And if you, if you don't think that way, then you say, Oh, I'm not a math person. Um, but imagine if someone told you oh i'm i'm just not a reading person you know words words never made sense to me or you know i'm, I'm not a music person i i just never could get it you know, what would you think when someone said that you would think well either perhaps they have a really unusual form of a brain injury those things do mm-hmm. happen where you, your your brain can't make connections yeah more likely, somewhere in their childhood, their school, their parents, their society, taught them a wrong idea about what reading or music are all about. Yep. And so, when people say, oh, I'm not a math person, I just can't, I don't get it. Um, that's that's a sign that, that you have been failed in the past, but you can recover from that and you don't have to pass same failure onto your children
0: i think that's a really big idea so there's probably a lot of moms as we're gearing up for summer vacation that are thinking that they need to recover a lot of things and help their kids memorize multiplication but they're scared because they run into this they think they've they're not a math person and you're saying a math person is a mindset
1: A math person is a mindset real mathematics is basically applied common sense Um, real mathematics is noticing patterns seeing connections figuring things out these are all things that you can do you do them in other areas of your life real mathematics draws on those same abilities and focuses those abilities on numbers, shapes, and patterns. A Real mathematics is about solving puzzles. It's about creative reasoning. These are the things you want your child to understand. Don't worry about the past. Take your children where they are and focus on making sense and building from there.
0: So your definition of mathematics, like I'm a math. I consider myself a math person and I want to just exhale like the time spent with patterns and noticing things like that is so freeing to to reframe that puzzles and all those things are math, That the deep thinking. How, if you want to add real math to your life or to like dabble in not being afraid of math, what should a mom do? Um, I think one of the
1: one of the most important things to do, um, and this will help with fighting the summer slide, the COVID slump, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. If your children, uh, you need to reframe math with a positive attitude. Um, I want you to play with math concepts, play with ideas. Uh, Look for games that don't involve speed, but that involve thinking creatively. Um, look for math puzzles that have many answers. I don't know if you're familiar with Christopher Danielson's work on the Which One Doesn't Belong puzzle.
0: Oh, no, that's new to me.
1: Oh, okay. Well, look up Christopher Christopher Danielson or Talk Math With Your Kids. I think it's .com. Um, He's put together a lot of different puzzles that have multiple answers, and this helps children to begin thinking mathematically. So in in the old, um, what was it, Sesame Street show, yeah. they had this puzzle, which one does it belong? And I have a picture book
0: in, of it, yeah, actually, from my childhood, exactly yeah. The same, and
1: then one thing that's different. Yep. And so it has a right answer. Yes, and very
0: that's what clear. People
1: think math is, this has a right answer, a single answer. You you have to look at it this way. Christopher's which one doesn't belong puzzles are different. There's still four items. Each item's a little bit different from the others. Each item has something that doesn't match all the others and another way that it does match. So each item can be an answer to which one doesn't belong as long as you justify why doesn't it belong and that that idea of justifying your reasoning explaining what you're thinking is a very mathematical way of doing things so this one doesn't belong because it's a triangle it's only got three sides all the others have four sides or this one doesn't belong because one of its sides pokes in. It's got an angle that goes in, like like a Pac-Man now, yeah. instead of, you know. Being out. And each one will have its own reason. And these are great puzzles because anybody can answer it. Anybody can get a right answer. You just have to say, oh, I noticed something about this one. You know, or I noticed something about that one.
0: That is so fun. It reminds me a lot of talking to my toddlers when they were telling me how their clothes matched and why they matched, (laughs) right? Like, Uh Like, that's what you're reminding me of a lot is when you see the kid with the crazy outfit and the mom's like, I don't know how this goes together, but the kid's able to justify it. That They're like, oh, yeah, well, I'm a rainbow today. That's why this all matches. So it's neat to see that... We can look at different parts of our life and know that if we can figure out why and give a reason, that's what you're saying math is, is that deep thinking.
1: That's really at the heart of math is to, to think about you know, why, why you believe something or why you say something is true to make sense of it. Um, another puzzle that Christopher does that you'll find if you go look at his website is called how many. And you'll have a picture and just ask how many. He doesn't tell you what to count. So say it's a picture of avocado halves. Well, you could count the avocado halves. Some of them have pits and some of them don't. You can Mm. count the pits. You can count each pair of an avocado with a pit and the other half without and count what would have been whole avocados before they were cut. You can count the knife sitting on the cutting board. I see one one night, um, You can count anything in the picture. And so again, it's drawing out the child's creativity and thinking about the world in a mathematical way.
0: Did you always see math like this, Denise? Or did you have a, a point in your life where you were not sure about math?
1: I remember not really caring for math in elementary school because I didn't like having to follow the instructions and and that it was just tedious. It wasn't something to enjoy. It was just, oh, you do it. You do what they tell you, you get your answer, you go on. Um, It wasn't really until I got into algebra and geometry and started to see more deeply about math as puzzles. It's, It's like you have this shape with these lines and you're trying to figure something out about it. You're trying to use the things you know to figure out something you don't know. And that puzzle solving I've always liked.
0: That is really, really neat. I, I'm glad that you fell in love with that puzzle solving and, and saw math bigger. Did you ever, were you ever inspired by different mathematicians or studied mathematicians to help you broaden your view of math? How did you get to this big idea that math is more than just rote?
1: Um, One of the things when we were homeschooling is, uh, well, there wasn't internet when we were homeschooling until the very end. And then we had a rural connection. So even at that point, you know, we couldn't do YouTube that took way too much bandwidth. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But we would go to the library and pick out books. And there's some books called uh, Mathematicians Are People Too. And we started reading some little mini biographies of different mathematicians. That kind of got me interested in math history. And I found as I went through reading different things about history, the ideas that the people were struggling with and trying to figure out and the ways they came up with Mm -hmm. to solve problems, I found that very intriguing.
0: Yeah, I think that when I think about math, we don't think about the history of how these things came about. And that maybe for some people, starting there would help them be less afraid if they took the historical view of math, especially if you're a homeschool mom. Like, you know you've looked at ancient history and composers and artists, but to know who Pythagoras is versus Pythagoras' theorem it's a whole different ballgame,
1: and it makes it more human because all through the ages, math has been a human endeavor. Math is, has never been this abstract thing handed down from on high. Thou shalt carry the ones from the next to the next column or whatever. Uh, it, it's <laughs> you know thou shalt always add the ones column and then the tens column and then the hundreds column and never the other way, you know, there is no thou shalts. It's, it's always been human people with problems trying to figure things out.
0: For sure. And I think it's so interesting. I don't know if you've seen on the internet lately. um, There's been a couple different posts I've seen where people are saying like, how do you add 48 plus 72? And then, people are writing down the steps they do to do that in their head. And they're like totally different than how other people do it. Like not everyone starts at the ones and they, or they group the numbers or so what you're saying yeah. is we can just relax and do it how our brain wants to, if we get to the right answer. And That's part of the fun of
1: math, even when you're working with your children, Ask them, how are they thinking about it? What comes into their mind in this problem? I find that my children never think the same way I do. Um, And even now that they're adults, there's one particular problem with my daughter that um, involved taking away one-fourth of 20. And so I think, okay, you take away one-fourth of 20, you've got 15 left, right? Mm -hmm. One-fourth of 20 is five, you take it away, you've got 15. In her mind, she's thinking of, uh, I'm taking away one fourth. That's like slicing a pizza. I take my one fourth, so the answer is five. Ah, I sh-
0: that wording. My slice yep. of pizza.
1: And and words are, um, vague. They can they can apply different ways, but the thinking behind it is what matters. So her answer is right by her understanding of the words. And I remember being stumped by that when she was eight years old. Oh, I bet. <laughs> and then I asked her again, and she's gone to college. She's an engineer. She took a math minor. I asked her the puzzle, and she came back. Oh, yeah, you take a fourth. It's five. Is it her brain works that way?
0: Yep. It's still how she's wired to hear the problem. So you, you actually, you
1: learn about a lot about math and about thinking. If you ask your children what they're thinking, how did you figure that out or what's going on in your mind?
0: Is that what something parents should do instead of just giving problems? We should sit down, right, and solve problems together or talk about a problem that talking about how math is done is important.
1: I think it's important for children to realize that there are more than one way of looking at math In, in any math problem. There, even if in problems that have only one answer 48 plus 72 has one answer mm-hmm. but there's never only one way to get to that answer and even even in elementary math it's so much more interesting when you start thinking of all the different ways that you can understand it um if you have a and multiplication problem, everybody has trouble with seven times eight. That seems to be the
0: universal,
1: impossible to remember multiplication problem.
0: I wonder if someone else just sighed because that was the one that I always have to pause at. <laughs> like, oh, yes. shoot, like I'm not alone. <laughs> seven times eight is just tough.
1: And, you know, if you focus on memorizing math facts, memory fails. Memory is going to fail your students usually when they're in the middle of a test and they're stressed or some other time when they need to figure out something. If all they have is memory, they're stuck. Yeah. But if you start playing with the numbers and thinking, okay, seven times eight, well, maybe I don't know seven times eight, but for some reason, the square numbers just really stick in my head. Well, and, and I know seven times seven is 49 and eight times eight is 64, and so I can either take that seven times seven and say, well, I'm almost to seven times eight. All I need is one more seven. I've got seven sevens. I need one more seven. And I can get seven times eight. Or eight eights is 64. I I have a little bit more than I need. I need to take one of those eights back away and then I'll have seven times eight. Or they might think differently. They might think, oh, you know, eight is, I have, two, and I double it, I get four, and I double it, I get eight. So, okay, if I have seven, two sevens is easy. That's 14. So now I've got two of them. If I double that, I'll have four of them. Oh, four sevens is 28. If I double that one more time, I'll have eight of them. There are a lot of ways of getting to that answer, and we give our children tools that they can use when memory fails,
0: I really appreciate that because, yeah, I have one kid who will, if it's an even number multiplication, she will always half it and then add it. That's just how her brain works. When she's been telling me, I was like, what's seven times eight? What she's like, always seven times four plus. Like, that's how she does it. So it's so interesting to hear how many different strategies we could use that they still get the answer of 56.
1: Yeah, and and that's true in any math problem. So whenever you're helping your children with math homework or whatever, there's always more than one way to do it. So they don't have to be stuck on, well, this is what the teacher said we had to do, but I don't quite remember. Or this is what I learned when I was a kid. You should do it this way. (laughs) But there's always more than one way to get to an answer. And what we need are the ways that help us to think about the patterns and the structure of our number system or of geometry or whatever it is that we're focusing on. Uh, the The relationships between the shapes or the variables or the numbers that can lead us to the truth.
0: So if parents are wanting to work on um, like multiplication with their kids or basic math facts this summer, would it be a good idea to just leave a number up on the wall and see how many different ways a kid can make it? Like, what is some creative ways a family could try doing math without the pressure?
1: Okay, well, that would be a great one. But that's what I call number storming. It's okay. sort of like brainstorming, but with a number. So you pick a number for the day and you say, okay, this is our number, um, step." What are we? We're going to think about seven today. Think about the, all the different things that we know about seven. All the different things we can say about seven. Can we fill up a whole paper with seven in different guises, in different disguises, different um, hidden ways of seeing it? Uh, so seven is five and two. Seven is three less than ten. Seven is one tenth of seventy seven is an odd number seven is a prime number what do we know about seven there's always going to be the kid that says oh it's one plus one plus one plus <laughs> one plus one plus one plus one plus one. yep that's great that's what it is which that's fine when he does it with seven when he does it with a hundred that's not
0: so funny <laughs> it's not so fun anymore
1: yeah but you know he, he just made a math joke uh-huh enjoy your children's math jokes yeah um and another child that I know, he, he will say it's, oh, it's one-seventh of seven times seven. <laughs> and and he really enjoys how if you take one-half of two or one-twelfth of 12, it, it it's just one. It's And so you can do anything with it. Yeah. It's, it's a math joke.
0: There are so many of those. And I have a kid that if we say seven she'll she'll start telling me all the quantities the seven around you too like oh there are seven days of the week and noticing where seven shows up just in our life
1: yeah and and include those in your number storm definitely
0: very cool so besides number storming is there another easy strategy that a family with all ages of kids could try
1: one thing that we did a lot when i was when my kids were younger is we would make up problems for each other um just little story problems or bigger story problems as they got older. Um, And you have to keep it a game. The kids get to try to stump you. Cause if you're just making up problems for them, it becomes a quiz or a
0: test. Yeah. There's pressure then,
1: (sighs) you know, think about, just look around you were at soccer. So we'll make up problems of soccer or think about your favorite story. What kind of math, what kind of numbers or shapes or patterns would Han Solo use? You know, and think about, um, you know, what what would interest the child and then turn it into a puzzle.
0: That's you know, Han great. Han
1: Solo, he, he he went to this, what was what's the Baccarat game or whatever it is that they I played so. in, in yeah. Star Wars. And he lost three credits in this game and he lost six credits in that game. And when he came
0: home, he only had four credits left. How much did he start with, you know? There we go. And then the other thing we do, and I think this counts as a math game, is that when we're driving around, we estimate how many things of something could fit in a certain type of truck. So when we're driving, we do a lot of like spatial awareness or how many cars do you think could fit in this space or estimating from just the life that we see around us. Does that count as math?
1: is a great way to help develop number sense and just an idea of what the numbers are, what they, what they can do. Yeah, that's a great one. Cool.
0: Is there anything you could do if you have like a middle schooler that's or a high schooler that's like in angles and algebraic equations? Can you still play with math then as a family? There are a lot
1: of ways to play with math at all ages. Um, something that older children would enjoy I think is a puzzle called secret codes okay and each player thinks of four numbers we're going to call them a b c and d now of course my a b c and d will be different from yours I'm gonna write mine down and then hide them and then I need to ask you for clues to try to figure out yours oh, and wow. can I break your code before you break mine so I might ask okay what is a plus b and you could tell me the answer now i've got some information about your numbers i could ask okay what is a minus b and now i've got a little bit more information about your numbers and um, i'll be taking notes and writing down every clue that i get because i'm trying to figure out your secret code
0: that's a really fun game that sounds like a great game for when we get to go wait at restaurants again when you're sitting at a table waiting for your food to come.
1: <laughs> yeah. Something you could, you, you have the little paper placemat, Yeah. You can
0: make notes on there. Yeah. Yeah. Just something you can do on the fly. Like it doesn't take much besides just thinking of it and making space for it.
1: Yeah. I like games like that. They just don't, they don't take much. You don't need to have um, a phone app that's going to quiz you and you have to answer fast. You don't need to have a lot of fancy things Um, There are some really great math games that you can buy if you're into board gaming. But you can also do math with just, you put a couple of dice in your purse. And and then when you get stuck uh, at a table or waiting in line somewhere, you know, play with the dice.
0: So many ways to use just normal things like dice and decks of cards. And that's what you've written books on.
1: I do have, I have a series of books on math games called Math You Can Play. And most of the games just require pencil and paper, dice, cards, little things you have around the house. And they're all games that try to draw out that mathematical thinking, that sort of creative reasoning.
0: If a parent is still afraid of math, are your games friendly enough where a mom that doesn't feel like she has any math reasoning can do it?
1: Yeah, I, I, well, I hope
0: so. (laughs) Um, I try to make them that
1: way. And... Um, even, well, the latest one, I just finished the series with one on pre-algebra and geometry games, and all through that, I've explained all of the different things that you've probably forgotten since you had to go through that, so that it, it, the games become a refresher course for the parent but, um, that starts with counting games, number games for the young children, but I've always, I've tried to pick games that the parents can enjoy as well as the children, that they have enough strategic thinking to them. They're not just repetitive tedium because I think it's important for parents to play with the children. Yeah. You help the children understand that this is important because you're willing to give up your time to play with it too.
0: That is so key. How do you feel about baking and math? Does baking count as math? I see a lot of people trying to sell baking as math.
1: Uh, Baking counts as math because you're measuring. Um, You can talk about how are we going to arrange the cookies on the cookie sheet. You've got an array. Array is a great way to think about multiplication. We've got three rows of four cookies. There's only so far you can get in baking math. But it's certainly a good start.
0: There we go. So in case... sewing, Sewing. Sewing.
1: Woodworking. Any kind of craft or hobby. Sports there's there's math in almost anything that we do if we stop and notice it
0: there really is my um my husband had to cut a hole in our drywall which made the measuring tape come out and then everything in our house was getting measured by our eight-year-old right like he i was like okay let's maximize this let's give you a piece of paper so you can write down all your measurements So that you can practice reading this ruler and let's guess how long the doorway is. And it was just so neat to see how he wasn't afraid of using that tool. Um, Because. And and it's Dad's tool, so
1: that makes it magical.
0: Yes, it's the real tool. Yeah. It's
1: real, it's not fake, it's real. Um, Another thing that my kids enjoyed was a stopwatch. Ooh. Okay, measuring time and how fast does it take you know, to run down the hallway and back? Or let's make an obstacle course through the living room or out in the yard is better now that the weather's getting nice. Um, or how many times can you jump up and down? Or anything that you can think of to measure. It's fun
0: and those are all the rate problems that people make fun of right like <laughs> the choo-choo train was going this many <laughs> hours for this many miles like those are the beginning algebra problems that everyone makes fun of but you can find the real life examples while your kids are doing an obstacle course how many trips can dad do versus sally basically
1: and yes, yeah, and as, as those real life examples then give them something to have in their mind when they get to the word problems in algebra, they can think, oh, this is just like what we used to do. So we have a book a, a to understand it.
0: Well, thank you so much for these conversations. If you want to give one last sentence about math for moms, or math for parents that make them feel better about it, what would you say? What would you want them to walk away with knowing?
1: I think if I was going to give like one action tip to Mm -hmm. moms for how to uh, think about math with your kids is to, this is something that a wise friend from the internet told me once, and and it's stuck with me ever since, is ask questions that you don't know the answer to. When, in, when you ask a question you do know the answer to, you're testing your child. It's, it's a different dynamic. When you ask something that you don't know the answer to, what do you notice? What do you see? What do you think? How are you figuring this out? Those questions, they, they bring life to the situation and they help you understand your child better. They help you understand yourself better when you see the different ways of reasoning and they make math more human.
0: What a gift of curiosity with that. What a gift because it lets our kids be see us as human too. When we ask a question that we don't know the answer to.
1: And it lets them be the expert. They are the expert in what they're thinking. They are the expert in what they're noticing. They are. It's. Ex- it's a different feeling to be asked about your own opinions on things and and it's it's strengthening for children
0: that's 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 a really good note to end on. I have one last question, and I don't know if I prepared you for it, so we can pause if you need to. Um, each one of my podcasts ends with a self care idea and a family fun idea. Do you have, did you have something you did for self-care while raising your five kids or something you do now that might help a mom just take a moment and, and breathe?
1: Well, you know, that is, that actually is a good self-care tip when you're dealing with math, when you face a hard math problem and you don't know what to do. And this happens to all of us, whether it's working with our kids on their homework or you know, there's, there's always a problem you are faced, and it's like, it's overwhelming. And the first thing to do is to stop and breathe and feel the emotion. You are a human being, you're faced with a problem, you're going to feel emotion. And so acknowledge that, take it in. And then ask yourself, okay, what little thing can I do? What little thing do I notice about the problem? What little thing can I try to make it just a bit easier? You know, where is the part that's really bothering me? How can I make that just a little bit easier? And a lot of math problems you will solve that way just by thinking, okay, I don't have to get to the answer right away, but I just want to do one small thing to make it just a little bit easier and then a little bit farther and a little bit farther And get
0: there. That is a really life. uh, That's a sermon in a in a (laughs) moment. There, that's a really good one for math problems and pretty much all problems. Just go back and re-listen to that. You just got a golden golden life tip. Thank you, Denise. Now, what about family fun? How would you add family fun, or how did you have fun as a family? Family fun.
1: Well, we've already talked about several of them—the mm-hmm. the number storming, the different games and things. Um, one thing that we used to do was to play today is. Ooh. So today is March twelfth. Mm-hmm. Today is February seventeenth. Today is May third. Okay, whatever today is, we'll take that date, and we'll say it in a. What we call a math rebel way.
0: Okay. It,
1: it's, it's not the way that normally it would be said. So May 3rd, let's say today is May square root of nine. Ooh, I get it. Or, uh, today <laughs> is May seven minus four.
0: <laughs> today is so just, May just 27 divided by or 27 divided by nine.
1: Yeah, just some little thing to to put a twist on it, to be a little bit rebellious and have a little bit of fun with the numbers.
0: That is, I love that. Um, And that's so easy to do. Like that's a 30 second sort of thing to bring up once in a while.
1: It doesn't have to be a big thing, but it's a little bit of fun.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming here. Where do you want people to go to find you?
1: Well, you can find my books in all of the regular online retailers. Um, if you're looking for me, my blog is at denisegaskins.com. And there's a whole lot of tips there on playing math with your kids.
0: There are. I really like her blog. Go check it out. In her books, the the Fun with Math books, is that the name of those books? That series? I just um, bought the pre algebra one or the algebra <laughs> and geometry one.
1: Yeah, that series is called Math You Can Play. Uh, My big keystone book is called Let's Play Math, How Families Can Learn Math Together and Enjoy It. And it talks about a lot of the things that we've talked about today, how math is, is, real math is common sense. It's a lot different from the school math we learn, and it's a lot richer and more joyful and more freeing.
0: Thank you for coming on. Thank you for helping... bust the myths about school math versus real math and helping everyone get ready for summer and fun. Thank you for having me, Christy. I enjoyed. I hope that you enjoyed that too. My inner math girl totally loved this episode. I just want you to know that you're limitless. If you are listening and you're not sure if you're a math person and you're not sure if you can do these things, I know that you can it's great for your kids to see you learn and grow right next to them like Denise said it's empowering to ask your kids a question that you don't actually know the answer to but here's here's an answer to a question that I know you ask are you the right mom for your kids are you doing a good enough job And the answer is yes. You are exactly the right mom for your kids. I am so dang glad that you're here. I am so excited to be on planet Earth with you right now. It's it's not by chance. It's not random. You're exactly the right mom for your kids. Yes, we all make mistakes. Yes, we can say I'm sorry and try again but you are still exactly the right mom. Thanks for listening. Please help me get to 50 ratings and reviews. Go make a note on Apple Podcasts. And I hope you have a fun week. And I hope that this episode inspires you to use real math every single day. Bye.